to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing great. I'm so glad. Anything new going on with you? Um, Let's see. I've been redecorating Avery's bedroom and they fixed my water main leak today. Awesome. Of course, I woke up and I was like, great on podcast recording day. They're going to dig up my front yard, but I think they were gone by noon and I assume they fixed it. They don't come to the door and tell and you tell anything. you. I guess they, they must have fixed They left. It. That's good. <laughs> well, someone's out there doing weed eating or something. So if you hear weed eating, things happen <laughs> on podcast day. <laughs> That's right. Because people are just living their lives and it doesn't come to a stop for us to record. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've been waiting on windows forever. Yeah. It feels like forever. We ordered them in July. Yes, July. It's been eight weeks. So the window guy called me yesterday and the supplier he orders through called him and said, they don't know when my windows are going to come in. And of course, he doesn't make money till he can install those right. silly windows. He said he has another customer that have been on order for 13 weeks. Oh my gosh. So anyway, they basically said they can give me a refund or they'll give me a $400 credit for it taking so long. And then he's like, and then if they're not in at 10 weeks, they'll give you another $400 credit. Well, you know, you or just you can get a refund. $100 right and there. And I'm like, um, I'm already eight weeks into this waiting process. I figure anywhere I ordered windows, I'd have to wait. Right. I mean, might as well get 800 bucks. Now I'm like, please don't come in until yeah, after 10 weeks. <laughs> I know. That sounds awesome. Because it's not like you're like desperate. You've solved most of your problems with your AC. Yes. Yeah, we're not desperate. And um, honestly, it, it's probably best not to be installing windows while it's still hot in Alabama. Yeah. So, Well, I love when things work out for the best. I know. So yeah, I mean, I, I loved that they offered me a discount, especially when the price of windows went up like $2,000 between April and oh, wow. July. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's, a, that's a good... A good accident. Well, not accident, but you know what I mean. I know. Mine will show up on nine weeks and six days. <laughs> then that'll still save you $400. That's true. So that's there's, true. A, there's a silver lining there. That's well, true. That's good. Yeah. Well, let's move into our weekly good news story. Today, we have an email that was sent to us. They wrote, hi, Jen and Sherry. I have a good news story I'd love to share. My name is Emily and I live in Maine. My husband and I are finally purchasing our first home. We got married in the pandemic and have been looking for over two years, and let me tell you, it has not been easy. Well, we finally found the perfect starter home right where we wanted. We were able to get it for under asking price, which is truly a miracle, but it needs some work. Being new to all of this and new to the area, we have had to rely on the recommendations of others. That is so hard. I get that. Yeah. One thing we need done is the floors need to be refinished. I have been calling around and not receiving any calls back. I have experienced this. I know that people are super busy, but it was starting to get disheartening. Then Tim from Country Home Wood Floors in Wiscasset, Maine, finally was able to return my call. He is booked until next summer, but he went above and beyond for me. He spent 30 minutes of his own time on the phone with me, explaining the process of refinishing floors, what to look out for, which products to ask for, how to get the best bang for your buck, and overall, what a successful process would look like. I was so appreciative of him taking the time to answer my many questions, as this is something I've never encountered before. To top it all off, he sent me a list of names of other people that he would recommend in our area. From his list, I was able to find someone to squeeze us in. 
I am so grateful for the help of complete strangers in our new home ownership. I cannot thank him enough. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Tim and say a public thank you to him. It's so nice to know there are good people out there who will use their expertise to help others. Thanks for all you both do with this podcast. I love listening to it and it adds great value to my life. Yeah, that's a great story, Emily, because he he helped. And then he also gave you some names of some other people he would trust. Because that's really the best word of mouth. If you can get word of mouth from people in the trade, right. people they would recommend, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be somebody good. Yep. All right. Well, listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Today, I want to share about a new beauty counter product that I recently tried and loved. I received some samples of the different skin cleansers, and I really liked the Cocoa Cream Cleanser. But I wasn't ready to place an order, and I didn't want to pay for shipping for one product, so I ordered another natural skincare brand from Amazon. And I immediately spotted the difference between the quality of the products. The other brand was runny and was not really creamy, and it left my skin dry, and it did not remove my makeup well. I was having to wash my face twice and use a washcloth to remove leftover makeup. With the Cocoa Cream Cleanser, which I ended up ordering, I wash once, I don't need a washcloth, less laundry, yay, and it doesn't strip my skin, making it tight and dry. It might sound strange, but it almost feels like an indulgence to wash my face because it's so soothing and my skin feels so good. If you haven't tried Beauty Counter yet, I would really recommend a few skin care essentials, including the Cocoa Cream Cleanser, the All Soft Cream, the Tetra Peptide Supreme Cream at night, and the Countertime Ultra Renewal Eye Cream. Those handful of products will get you on the path to soft glowing skin in a matter of weeks. And best of all, when you use Beauty Counter products, you know that you are not putting anything on your skin that contains toxins, unsafe chemicals, or harmful endocrine disruptors. To learn more, you can visit beautycounter.com slash Sherry Bullock or email me with questions at Sherry at lifelessonscommunity.com. So I have not tried that cleanser yet, the coconut cream. Because see, I tend to like get one thing and then I just use that forever until I discontinue Uh it. (laughs) <laughs> yep. And so the one I'm using, I can't remember the name of it, but I just I always use the it. balancing oil. That I don't use I don't use anything like the oily. No. Oh well, I loved it. It came in my countertime set and I loved it. And it also feels good on the skin. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like this cocoa cream cleanser is so like oh, it's like a spa well, for have your to face. Try it next next time I place an order. All right. Give I'll it a try. try it and see. <laughs> well, now it's time for our life lesson of the week. A few weeks ago, there was an ongoing conversation in the Life Lessons VIP community about fractured friendships, friendships that are often terminated by one party for some reason or another, and oftentimes one of the parties doesn't even know why or what happened. Again and again, the stories shared centered around pain and confusion. The next week, I noticed another conversation regarding a suddenly ended friendship that left the party confused and grieving the loss of a childhood friend. I thought it'd be worth a deeper dive into this subject in order to try to better understand it, our feelings around it, and how we can perhaps learn to better resolve issues or even learn why we might need to offer an old friend some closure if we find that they are no longer a good fit in our life. Well, before we get to the submissions from the community, let's talk about why it matters. You know, well, are friendships important? And it turns out they really are. A study that came out in 2020 reported that 98% of women report having a best friend, although only 85% of men made that claim. You know, I can speak to that from just from Chad. He does not have a a best friend. Does Eric have a best friend? He doesn't. No. No, no. His dog. Yeah. (laughs) Me. I don't know. Me. Yeah. Prior research found that men tend to have around half a dozen other types of relationships, just not like a best friend, whereas the women are more likely to have only one or two close relationships at a time, you know, really close. And, you know, I, I think that in itself might make the relationships more fragile. If you Maybe. only have one or two really close friends. Well, women then, are wanders. Yeah. And we tell them everything. Men, I mean, men, not to say men don't bond, but right. women are bonders and they become mm-hmm. our emotion. Our friends become our emotional support. Exactly. People. In a way that I think men don't do. I think it would surprise Men to know what we talk about with 
our female friends, right? You know, it's funny. There was a guy that came into the ER that night. This I just thought of this. And he had a friend with him. And these guys were like in their 50s. And he like his friend came to the ER and stayed with him all night with him in the ER and was asking about his, you know, what what have we learned and yada, yada, yada. And I actually said to Kevin, my coworker, I'm like, that is the strangest duo in that room. I'm like, I don't know of a man who would go sit with his best friend in the ER and like be concerned about his care and ask questions and what next and, you know, making sure that he was, his friend was taken care of. Yeah. And I was like, that's just not a normal, like man to man bond that you see on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, friendship is important and it's important for our health, believe it or not. There was a 2011 study in the Journal of Clinical Oncology, and they um, looked at women who had early stage breast cancer. And they found that they were four times more likely to die from cancer if they didn't have very many friends compared to those with a larger group of friends. Those women had a much better survival rate. That is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not the only study that has shown a relationship between friendships and health. If you've ever heard of the Nurses Health Study from Harvard Medical School, they found that the more friends women had, the less likely they were to develop physical impairments as they aged, and the more likely they were to be leading a joyful life. The study's results were so significant that they concluded, and this is a quote, that not having close friends or confidants was as detrimental to your health as smoking or carrying extra weight. Yeah, that's 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 huge. I mean, yeah, and I think that um, you know, when the the work they've done in the blue zones, when they're looking at all the people who are likely to live to be a hundred, they uh-huh. really have a community. strong sense of community. Uh-huh. But I think that's that's often lacking now in this modern right. world. Um, it's not just health that's impacted by having friends. There was a study in 2019 published in Harvard Business Review that found that women with a strong circle of friends are more likely to get executive positions and even have higher pay. I don't know. That's very interesting. I wonder if it's like I shows. I think it's social skills. That's what I was just going to say. Works well Compassion, with Compassion, empathy, mm-hmm. social skills. If you're able to keep a large group of friends, uh-huh. then you're probably going to be a, a leader. Yeah. Because it takes a lot to, you know, to manage <laughs> to manage a lot of a lot of different personalities in your life that are friends, right? right? I think right. that it, it can. It can be it can be tricky. You know, so we see that friendships are important, but what happens when we struggle to hold on to friends? You know, Sherry, have you ever had this happen to you? I have. I had a really good friend back in Kansas City for years. I'm thinking probably seven, eight years um, where we were really inseparable. We trained for the breast cancer three day together. We hung out at the pool together. Our kids went to school together. My son walked to her house after school. Something happened when my brother was really sick and passed away. Like she kind of just disappeared from my life, really. Like other people stepped in and helped, but she didn't. And it was about three months after that, that I moved to Colorado And I really tried to like hold on to that friendship. She came out and saw me probably about three months after I moved to Colorado with her husband. It was a kind of an awkward visit. Like Mm -hmm. things were just, there was something there and I didn't know what it was. So something happened and you're not sure what it was and y'all never talked about it. I have no idea. And then like I went back um, home in July of that year. So I'd been gone about seven months and I went to her house actually on my birthday and we sat and we talked on our porch and um, something had just changed. And I assumed it was something in her life. Her teenage son had just had a child out of wedlock and she was, you know, responsible for a lot of taking care of the baby. And so I like, I thought, okay, she's just stressed. She's having life changes. She doesn't have time for a friendship right now, but I really feel like it was more than that, but I don't, I still don't know what I saw her last summer when I went home, she came over and played games at my other friend's house that I was staying with. And I talked to her husband a lot that night and her son, but she really wouldn't interact with me kind of gave me the cold shoulder, acted a little angry with me. And I still, to this day, I have no idea what I could have done. Yeah. I felt like enough time had passed. I mean, it's been, that was 11 years since I moved. 
um, 10 and a half years since I moved. Like she really, I feel like we could have like cleared the air at that point. Any hurt feelings should have been mellowed out by then, but. Well, you know, it, it just, it, it's very important to really just talk it out. Like I had a, a situation, my, my very best friend from college and it was right when, um, when I was getting married and, and something happened in her life that mm-hmm. caused her to have like a panic going on. So she couldn't come to my wedding and she'd been my best friend and she couldn't come. I mean, she was about to go to, to graduate school uh-huh. and her parents let her know something like, anyway, very, something traumatic going on in her life. And, and it just, and this was back in the days before cell phones, right? Because right? I got married in 1991. So it like, it, we just like completely lost lost touch with each other uh-huh. for like a year or two. But, you know, instead of letting that just fester, because it felt hurtful to me, you know, I was like, what happened? I don't know. But we reached back out to each other and talked it through and she explained what happened and how she felt bad. And we talked and I was like, that makes total sense. And, right. and you know, we're great friends. We're going to Nashville next week with other friends from college. And we talked it through and I don't hold a grudge for that. I mean, 0%. You know, I wish that she had let me know at the time what was, that was happening, but she had other Mm -hmm. things going on, you know, and I think she got embarrassed, right? You know, you Uh get embarrassed when time goes by. And I was like, there's no reason to be embarrassed. I'm your friend. Thank you for telling me that's gone. That's over. Forget it. Yeah. And like this friend, so I moved to Alabama in 2014. And so I sent her a message then and was just like, hey, I'm just letting you know what's going on in my life. Um, she wasn't there with my divorce. And, you know, I was like, I'm no longer with my ex-husband. This is where I am now. Yada, yada, yada. Never got a response from her. Yeah. Um, so it happened. was really odd that she showed up last summer. And I'm still left with this, like, why did you come? Why did you come see me if you didn't want to see me? It's the oddest thing. But well, I'll probably something never happened, know. And it's just you know the, the real friends that can just tell you, you know, this is what happened, this is why, mm-hmm. and then you talk it through, and you mm-hmm. you forgive, and you understand, and you know that people are dealing with something. Well, so I went to the life lessons community, and I asked them to share their experience and insights regarding this topic, just in hopes that we could um, discuss it further and maybe learn something from other people's experiences. So we asked them, have you been through this? Can you share what caused the fracture in your friendship? Were you able to resolve it? And looking back, would you have done anything differently? And, you know, just some advice that they have going forward. So let's see what they had to say and also what advice they give. So Allison shared, she said, I had a friend that became very close during my children's school years. Our kids were involved in the same activities and it relied on lots of volunteering. So we got to know each other and our families became very close. However, as my time went on, she began to let me down on commitments made. Her kids moved on to different schools, and instead of being upfront with me, she just kind of ghosted me. I admit it hurt a lot, and people who knew her had warned me about it, but I didn't see it happening to us. That is when I learned the term foxhole friends. Those that will have your back in the fight when you need them. They are few and far between. In some ways, it's good to know who they are and who they aren't, so that when you really are in a place where you need them, you know who to turn to. We are still friends, but not as close as before, and we have since moved to another state, so that just makes it a little more normal that we don't see each other. I still have great memories from that friendship, so I'm grateful, but seasons. Looking back, I'm not sure I would have done anything different. Perhaps listen to some people who had warned me and talked more to them about what they meant and asked for specifics regarding her. I learned a lot about that friendship and it helped me grow in other friendships as I got older. I had a similar thing happen with my mother-in-law when she remarried. We were very close, but the new man took all her time and didn't like us so much. I learned to love her through it, be happy for her, and still maintain our good relationship. I realized she needed a better marriage in her life to make her feel better about the one she had had with my husband's father. So instead of getting mad, I learned to be more understanding and not put my needs ahead of hers. It was hard, but I never wanted to harm that relationship. In the end, she had cancer and he took great care of her until she died. So I'm grateful for that. Allison's advice is in my life, I have found that some friendships tend to be seasonal. Not every friendship lasts for a lifetime. It's okay to move on from a friendship if it doesn't pass the endurance test. Sometimes you just needed that person to be in your life for a season, and you now have either outgrown them or grown apart. 
I treasure my seasoned friends because I know they were there for a reason and I no longer question why we are no longer close. The lifetime friends never leave you. You grow together along the way. Yeah. And I and think I that's think true. That it is true. And, you know, I think a lot of the lifetime friends may live in different places. You know, uh-huh. like my my closest long-term friends were the girls that were in my sorority in college, the ones we're going to Nashville with next week. And, you know, we can get together and it's like no time. No is time fast. is fast. Exactly. You know, we tell the same stories. We, you know, we're, yes. we're going to have such a good time and they are the lifelong friends. I know what's going on in their life. We don't talk every day, but you know, when something funny is going on, we share it. Yeah. Like I got, have a costume for an event I'm going through and I test, I texted it to you and Roxy and also <laughs> to this group. Of right. This costume that I'm going to be wearing and, and my children, you know, I mean, you know, those are the people that you want to share things with, but some friendships really are for a season. And I don't think of that as being fractured. You know, like when no, I lived I, in Aiken, I had friends that were really good friends and I moved away and, you know, we superficially kept in touch and, I right. said they were they were true Some friends. friendships run their course. Yeah, well, because you move or right. The, the stage I have of life heard is different. A fact, I don't know if it's true that um, the sign of a lifetime friendship is if it extends past seven years. That's interesting, isn't that interesting? And yeah. the interesting thing with this friend I'm talking about is our friendship probably was right around seven years, maybe just under seven years, and it just didn't withstand the test of time. I also do think moving can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, so much of friendships are based off commonalities. Yeah. Right. So when you don't have anything in common because you live in different states and you are doing different activities or whatever, them anymore. Then I think it's it's normal for some relationships to kind of wane. Yeah, and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or wrong with the the right friends. Like when I went back, we we got together. After I had been gone from Aiken, we had like a just a little right around New Year's one year. I, it was probably after I'd been gone for maybe 15 years or something. And we had a great time. We were still friends, but right. that, that was the last time we got together. But you didn't just pick up a move and not say anything to them. You didn't ghost them. No. It was like, hey, ghost we're moving. And, we're, you know, we're all still friends. We were friends on Facebook. Some of them are friends on, on Instagram. Of course, I'm not on Facebook, but, you know, I still see what they're doing on Instagram. Um, you know, these are good, true friends, though, these friends that I made. And I was there for eight years at that school. We had, um, at one point, after I'd moved away and a lot of people left, you know, where we'd been before, one of our friends who lived in another town in Virginia actually lost a child at at the age of 16. And Mm -hmm. she and I had been pregnant at the same time with Cal and her with her daughter. And, you know, the people that I had taught with in Aiken, even though we hadn't been close, hadn't been in touch, everyone rallied and we like collected, like I collected money Mm -hmm. and we sent flowers and, and, and supported her, even though we hadn't even, you know, seen each other. So you were still friends just from a distance. We were still friends. Yeah. Still friends Mm -hmm. from a distance. And I guarantee if they all just popped up in the same location, we'd still be friends. Yeah. That's not a fractured friendship. That's just, they're they're friends that you just don't see. Right. Right. So Chris from Wisconsin says, I don't know what caused the breakup of five friends of 25 years. My mom passed away. And six months after that, we went on vacation. I was not in the best place emotionally and they all knew it. I've tried and tried to resolve what happened and could get nothing from them. One I considered my best friend has since blocked me on all social media and won't tell me why. I've tried to tell them I can't fix what I don't know. I'm two years into this and still do not know. I've had to grieve the loss and move forward. The worst part is they still get together and post on social media. Her advice is don't keep trying to figure it out. You have to reach a point where you just move on and tell yourself you can't change the way others act. It's hard and I struggle every day. That does sound hard. Yeah. In my case, I would love to know if I did something wrong. Yeah. One, because I would never have wanted to hurt her in any way. So if I did, I would want to know what I did to hurt her and make an apology. But if it was like something else, like uh, some personality flaw that I don't know about, yeah. Maybe I need to know what that is. Well, it's true. You know, I I had some really good friends tell me something about my personality one time and it 
<laughs> it was, I'm glad they did. Right. And I'm like, right. well, I'm going to, I'm going to take that advice and use it and move forward. And I appreciated it. But, you know, blocking on social media, that's only happened to me one time. You know, the person I'm talking about, somebody that I thought was my <laughs> friend, all of a sudden, and that like, was hurtful to blocked you. Blocked me. I'm like, what? It was someone I thought was my friend, like literally uh-huh. thought was a friend and blocked me all. And I, and this wasn't somebody that I had 25 years of relationship with. It was right. just somebody that, you know, I'd known for a little while, but still it hurts. People it, don't yeah. block friends on social media. Right. Don't do it. Right. <laughs> so, so hurtful. Well, little Naf, she says, or he, it could be he, I don't know, little Naf. I have been through this. I never found out the cause of her and her husband's decision to ask me to not be in touch. It takes a long time, but I look back and I see that I was overly dependent on our friendship and that she was not a mentally healthy person, nor was I completely mentally healthy. We have since rekindled our friendship. Her apology was, if I have ever done anything to hurt you, I'm sorry. And I can live with that mostly. Little Naf's advice, accept that it is okay to grieve, but know that this too will pass and that one day you'll be able to be more objective about it. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, you'll still be, it'll still hurt, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do like that they have rekindled their friendship. That's important. Yeah. So Alley Cat from California says, I learned I can't protect everyone. I also learned to communicate as well as I can. I also learned that with practice, I can let go of my anger and hurt feelings. You know, I think that's like the biggest piece of it, Sherry, because so often, people don't even know that they have hurt you or made you mad. Mm -hmm. So you either can let go of it or talk to them about it. Those are the two choices. Right. And so Alley Cat's advice is take care of yourself. Too often we look for who to blame or overanalyze ourselves. To blame our friend or ourself can be counterproductive and damaging. Seek counseling through free services or through your insurance provider. She said, when my dad died, Many misunderstandings occurred within my family, even with those I had been very close to. Being kind and supportive of oneself is extremely important. I found strategies that allowed me to heal and forgive the hurt I experienced. I had a mantra I used, bless my blank, and add the name there, bless their anger and pain. She said she repeated this over and over for several weeks and doing this helped me to let go of my hurt and pain. Yeah, at some point you do just have to say this is what it is and I yeah. have to recover from it. Yeah. So Linda from New Hampshire wrote, my friend of 40 plus years ended our longtime friendship. Wow, 40 years. That is a long time. She said, we used to chat weekly and see each other often. She is actually my daughter's godmother. I think my husband made negative comments to her regarding her new house and she was tired of his negativity in general. She said she's changed and we just can't be friends any longer. I tried several times to reach out and talk to her, but she was unavailable. It has been five years and it still hurts. I think of her often and I wish that this had never happened. She has made it clear that she doesn't want to be my friend any longer. And I think someday we will bump into each other. Time heals, but it is still heartbreaking. And uh, Linda's advice, she says, time heals slowly. Sometimes there is no answer, yet you need to move forward. And someday you may meet again. And I think that's true. I think if you're really meant to be friends and you meet up later and maybe hurt feelings are resolved, that you can rekindle a friendship. I just really am a fan of telling somebody. Communication. Like say, you know, if Linda's friend had said, I can't, I I, I need to set a boundary, which is fine. And here's why. And just tell her. I think not telling someone is the worst thing. Right. Because Linda doesn't really know. She's mm-hmm. trying to guess. And that's and that, what hurts. that seems to be a common theme is when people talk about this. It's like, yeah, all of a sudden my friend won't return my phone call. She's mad at me for something. I don't know what I did. She blocked me on social media. And that is so confusing. Yeah. I mean. Just say, here's, here, and, and you can even say, it's me. Here's why. I need a boundary. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to. Or even tell them, say, I'm going to block you because it hurts my feelings too much or something or explain it. Well, you know, you said boundary and sometimes people don't have good boundaries. 
So this is what so they do. This is what they do. They make a they boundary feel by like blocking somebody you. is taking advantage of them or being mean to them or rude to them or has hurt them. And rather than being able to set a boundary and saying, I'm not going to allow you to talk to me like that, or I'm not going to allow you to treat me like that. And, you know, this is what I expect from a friendship. They're just like, I'm just going to be friends with them and that'll solve the problem. Yeah. Just block completely. And mm-hmm. then it's like they don't exist. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I just, I would never do that. All right. Kathy says, after a 42-year friendship, it was over the spring. We spoke daily and only lived in the same city for two years in middle school. The amount of judginess about everyone got to be too unbearable for my mental wellness. The daily complaining was more than I wanted to endure. The relationship was more stress than I wanted in my life. Her advice, there's more to friendship than having fun and being silly. Having the same or accepting different values is very important. You shouldn't have to change yourself to keep your friends. Don't be afraid to stick to your boundaries. I think this is, that's, that's an important example of that. Yes. That Mm -hmm. Kathy realized she didn't need the negativity. Mm -hmm. That's a mental drain. Yeah. And so, you know, I I would hope that Kathy communicated that to her friend. That's. Yeah. Right. Well, Jules from Austin, Texas, she said the first The only person who can truly betray you is someone you've let in close. And I've never really thought about that before. Well, that's that's so true. If you keep everyone at a distance, they're not going to betray you. We cannot be surprised that a close friend has betrayed us because they're the only ones who can. Second, after you've tried to clear up communication, sometimes it's best to ask a friend you know well, an outsider. Chances are they will point out to you something that was glaring that you refused to see. For instance, after I told my husband about a friend who refused to talk to me in person after an offense, he pointed out to me that she was a, quote, poser, a person who pretends to be someone they're not. And as soon as he told me that, it's like he clipped the string I was hanging on to and I was able to let her go as difficult as it was. He opened my eyes as to what our friendship truly was. I saw how she treated those close to her and it was inevitable it would happen to me. Deep down, I knew, but I also thought I would be the difference in her life. If you know someone who is constantly being wronged, you have to look at the common denominator and then keep a healthy distance. When it comes to that friend, I guess I unknowingly betrayed her trust at some point. And it wasn't until she pointed it out to me that I could see what I had done. I did take the blame and apologize, but we never resolved it because she refused to talk in person and just wanted to text. And I refused to text with her on something so delicate. So she cut me off. And it hurt deeply for quite a while. And her advice is, my lesson was that in some friendships where you are the one constantly giving of yourself, I'm not talking money or gifts, be prepared to be the bad one. I knew that the only time my friend called me was when she needed something, not just to talk or to go to lunch. And that's that's true. There are a lot of uh, kind of one-way friendships. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that, you know, other people saw it after it happened. And, you know, she asked for like, you know, can you, what did you see? And they're like, well, here, this is what I saw. You know, like, like people that we know in common share, like that situation I was talking about, Mm -hmm. the person that blocked me, you're like, well, yeah. And then you had all this insight about it that I had missed. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, you weren't surprised. I was the one that was surprised. So, you know, I have a dear friend back home. We're still friends to this day. We'll always be friends. And it wasn't until I was with my husband and I talked about our years of friendship. And he said to me, you guys have a really unbalanced friendship. Like you're always there for her and you're always doing for her. And you always dropped what you were doing for her. But when did she ever drop what she was doing for you or help you? Yeah. And I never even like recognized that until he said it. And then looking at our friendship through his eyes, I was like, wow, he's right. Yep. An outsider can see things more clearly than mm-hmm. you can. I mean, not mm-hmm. that your husband's an outsider, but you know what I mean. In right. In that relationship. In that relationship, was. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So a listener said, I went through this. My cousin, my only living relative, and I got much closer to one another later in life. We always liked each other as kids, but didn't see each other while raising our young children. That, by the way, is what gets a lot of us to lose friendships when we're uh-huh. in a different season of life and we get so yes. busy. That really, you know, my friends from college, we've reconnected now that our kids are older, some of us. A couple of them we didn't see for like a couple decades and now they're back. Right. 
<laughs> just like where we left off. But yeah, we do often lose touch in that period. She said, our parents weren't close, but she and I liked doing things together. I was also close to her brother. After kids grew up, we were like best friends, doing a lot together, even traveling together, etc. She literally quit talking to me when a year ago, I told her that my husband and I were moving to an active adult resort type community about two hours away. Never in my life did I think it would ruin our relationship. I had lunch with her brother as we sometimes did. And when I asked him why his sister wasn't talking to me and ignoring all of my texts, he said, quite frankly, because you're moving and all you do is chase dreams. Granted, my husband and I like to move a lot after we retired, and we travel and do spontaneous things. She lived in her small town for 50 years and only moved once in the same town. Do I miss her? I still love her and hope the best for her, but I do not welcome her back into my life. Thinking back, ruminating over this for months, I have finally accepted it. Her advice is, I have only a handful of true friends, those that want what's best for me, and that is what I'm grateful for. Be honest with yourself. Ask yourself if this person brings out the best in you. That's great advice. That really is great advice. That's really sad. All you do is chase dreams. I want friends that chase dreams. Do you know, sometimes people find faults in others that they are missing. Yeah. Maybe her cousin wants to chase dreams and can't because financially or... Her spouse doesn't want to, or, I mean, it could be jealousy. It could be fear. I think that's a big one. A lot of mm-hmm. times people, they, they just don't want to look at it anymore. They're like, I can't mm-hmm. look at your happy life because I wish I was doing that and I'm not doing that. And so right. I'm going to just cut you out of it. Mm-hmm. Instead of being but, happy for them, right? you, you begrudge them. I like the phrase of rising tide lifts all ships. I'm happy for people who have success. I want us right. to all have success. That would be like me understand. not talking to you because you moved to the beach and I want to live at the beach. <laughs> I know, but look. <laughs> and instead I'm like, look, look at how it as, happy Jen is at the well, beach. I get to go visit Jen at the beach. That's Yay. true. <laughs> for both of us. Exactly. That, that's the way I look at it. Well, Rebecca from Georgia shared, she said, I've been through this many years ago. To this day, I'm not even sure why it happened. My best friend of several years, who was also my coworker, just suddenly started acting cold, cold towards me. Assuming it was a personal event not related to me and it would pass, I gave it a couple of weeks before I addressed it. She spent a long time assuring me it was nothing. Then, as I pushed more, she blew up and went on and on about how controlling I am. I never listened to her work ideas, yada, yada. I was completely blindsided. She had never brought this up in a civil, non-defensive way before. And I've always readily admitted being a controller. I felt extremely betrayed and I could not get over it. I left the job and our friendship never recovered. She's apologized, making reference to some personality flaws of her own, but the friendship was doomed. I have used that experience subsequently in my interactions with people who might have a quieter voice, trying to listen more carefully and not always have an answer. And in work projects, I am now quick to check in and make sure I hear what others are saying. It still makes me sad to think about it. That is honestly the only close friendship I have ever lost. I have tried to use it to inform my approach to friendships and with work interactions, but also realize that the problem was at least 50% hers. I can't control that 50%. Her advice, don't blame yourself, but use the situation to better understand the dynamics you may not be aware of. And I I agree a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So she may have lost a friendship, but she learned something from it. Yeah. And, and you can learn from, that, how to be different in a different situation. Like, oh, I'm a little bossy. Maybe I could be less bossy. (laughs) Right. All right. Pam says, I had a dear girlfriend for about 18 years. We met at work before either of us had children and became fast friends. After we started having children, our friendship was almost all over the phone, the kind attached to the wall. I remember those days, the (laughs) long cord and stretching around the house. We would chat when the kids were off to school or while we were making dinner, etc. At one point, she called me to say she'd left her house after finding evidence of her husband cheating. I was there for her every single piece of the way in the resulting aftermath. Unfortunately, my own marriage was coming to an end as well. When I told her I was leaving my husband, she told me that he hadn't done enough wrong to me for me to leave, also that I was copying her. Abruptly, so much of what was no longer genuine about our friendship was made extremely clear, and I knew it was just time. I sent her a card telling her that I would always love her and wish her well, 
but that I couldn't give her what she needed and she certainly couldn't for me. I've never regretted that choice and I can still look back on all we shared with fondness. I did run into her once and we superficially caught up. As we hugged goodbye, she whispered in my ear, I miss you, and I said the same. On the flip side, I had a high school friend that I actively stopped communicating with after we were adults and I moved away. I could feel her confusion and sadness, but I simply was never brave enough to open my mouth and tell her that her functional alcoholism was unbearable to witness. I'm not at all proud of my method, but there was no way I could continue in that relationship. You know, and Pam, thank you for sharing that. That was brave to say because mm-hmm. that 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 was probably a hard thing to, I mean, it was hard to not talk to the friend about it, but he didn't really know what to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially in a situation like that where a person may not even be open or receptive yeah. to what you have to say. So Pam's advice is, There may not ever be closure or an explanation, but one thing to keep in mind is that there are seasons to relationships. One person's growth might outpace the others, or each person may grow in completely different directions. Sometimes we just have to be thankful for that season of friendship as we grow and change. That's so true. So Rose from Philly, she shares, I started to become friends with someone who one of my group of friends felt territory over. That makes me think of like like fourth grade. Seriously. <laughs> I'm like back on the playground. Literally flashback to when I was a teacher and like one little girl would say, can't be friends said, with her. She's my friend. <laughs> Ansley said, I can't be friends with her if I'm going to be friends with whatever. I had a friend who told me that one time. I'm like, well, okay, I guess we're not friends. <laughs> she told me I couldn't be friends with this other person and her. I'm like, all right, bye. This is like great. Right? Great. It's like that's sad for you. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh my gosh. She oh. says so I was cut off from the entire group. She was hurt and felt that I was pitting this friend ahead of her. She was a bully. She turned every one of these women against me. They were not allowed to have contact with me. It was one of the worst experiences of my life and this continued on for 10 years and took a few to feel emotionally detached from the experience. Believe it or not, the group fell apart. No, I absolutely I'm believe like, that. I believe that, yeah. <laughs> and I have since reconnected with some of the ladies in the group. It will never be the same, but I have learned that it doesn't matter how old you are. People can be awfully mean and vindictive. That is true. I think it's best just to have a few close friends. Too many friends that are closely connected can be difficult because people feel left out and get hurt. Her advice, take ownership of your part in the relationship and what went wrong. If you can honestly say you want it to end, then just do it. I read some books and found support from others. It's painful unless you are happy to be done. I read something once that said everything has an expiration date, even friendships. I hope that isn't true. I do have some friends that I've had for most of my life. There have been bumps in the road, but we work things out and we rise above them and learn from them. Yep, that's important. All right, so we have some final words of advice. Nomad Nancy says, you can't control the thoughts and actions of other people. Yes, it hurts. Yes, you want them to explain what's going on or you want to explain to them why you've pulled away. However, sometimes it's best to just know that they were in your life at a specific time for a reason and whatever the reason, it's time for them or you to move on. And Suzanne says, just like any breakup, Stay busy, talk to someone who's objective, have great family and other friends support. So my advice, listen, if you're in an unhealthy relationship and a friendship is a relationship, you don't owe it to anybody to stick around. If it doesn't feel healthy or desirable, you can leave. People grow and change. But I just want to encourage everybody, have a frank conversation with your friend and explain why you can't be close to them anymore or why you need to take a step back. I mean, if you were dating somebody for years and you shared close confidences with them and you made memories with them, um, you wouldn't just suddenly ghost them. I mean, maybe you would, but I don't think you would. You would have the breakup conversation with them. And I don't think a friendship should be any different. We're adults, and although the conversation might be hard, it is really necessary, and I think it's necessary to have closure on both sides. I agree. It's really hard for people to move on and let go when they don't know that they are supposed to be, for one thing. I mean, I wasn't sure with my friend, do I need to keep reaching out or not reach out? Like, what do you do, right? Um, It's hard for people to learn how to be a better friend if you don't tell them how they betrayed you or hurt you. 
And it's hard to even start to grieve a loss when you can't comprehend the loss or you are still stuck in that hope of reconciliation. So really, I just think honest communication is the key to a peaceful parting for both sides of the friendship. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And honestly, if you're hurt with a friendship, talk about it. Right. Don't let years and years go by and just just talk. Communication is the key. I mean, listen, there are like acquaintances and there are friendships, okay? mm -hmm. Acquaintances, you may just be like, yeah, I'm not going to hang out with that person anymore, right? But we're talking friendships, Mm -hmm. you know, people that you have bonded with and you've shared your family with and your innermost personal thoughts with and that you've traveled with. And, you know, that's a friendship. Yeah. And if they... If you love them enough to be their friend, you should love them enough to give them, you know, a conversation about what's going on. Yeah. And even if it's, hey, I I can't be around you anymore. You're not good for me right now or whatever it is. Just give them that. Yeah. Good advice. Well, thank you to everybody who shared today. And this, you know, we've all been touched with it, I think, somewhere or another. Yeah. But here's to good friendships as we get older. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Including ours, Sherry. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. You know, and we have different types of friends too, because I have a friend back home. She was a student of mine and we met like probably 20 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I babysat her daughter, who's now a college graduate. And um, we've traveled together off and on throughout the years. And we have not lived in the same state since 2008. Yeah. But we catch up on the phone every few months and we send texts back and forth and we send funny memes back and forth. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen each other in person twice, probably in six years. But a real friendship is when you walk in the door and... No time is, uh-huh. no time has passed. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So you can just sit up and talk all night and you yep. don't, don't, and you don't have to be doing anything really fun and nope. just having a good Spending time. time together. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Well, before we get to the listener led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to invite you to the Life Lessons VIP community on Circle. There you can interact with me and with Sherry, as well as the other fabulous members of the community. Each month, Sherry hosts a VIP video chat for an hour where members of the community come together to just hang out and get to know each other. We aren't solving any real world problems, but we're having fun and learning more about each other and the parts of the world where everyone is from. If you're not interested in actually taking part in the community, you're like, I don't have time to do another thing. But if you want to take part in the video chats, you can come into the community at least once, set up a profile, turn on email notifications for the live feed. And that way, when there's going to be a video chat coming up, you can see the information on it because that's where we share it in the VIP community. So by joining as a VIP member, you help support the podcast and you ensure that we can keep bringing you future episodes. Go um, to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to learn more and to join. And to all of you that are already there, thank you. We appreciate it. And we, yes, so much. We really, really do. It's not fully funding the podcast, um, but it is making a huge difference. Huge difference. So now we have a segment that we call our listener-led lesson. It could be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. And today's listener-led lesson, oh. I'm not sure who it comes from. <laughs> Sher- Sherry did a bad goof there. Sherry put it in wrong. So let's just see if she can figure Sorry. out. I'm going to read it while Sherry looks for who it comes from. Um, she said, Jen and Sherry, thank you for your show. I was first introduced to Jen with the IF podcast and have enjoyed your journey in hearing how your life has blossomed. She said, I heard your towel rack dilemma today. My tiny 1950s bathroom had no towel racks, so I used the vertical space on the back of the door for two towel racks. I did the same on the backs of the bedroom doors, which have proven to be very handy for many things, including towels. Another idea for using vertical space is Cup hooks on the back and our side walls of your closet. They're perfect for hanging belts, bras, necklaces, etc., where you can easily see them. And this was from Ruth. Thank you, Ruth. And you know, I'm I do that like my jewelry. I have all in my closet. 
I have a very small closet here in this house, not as small as the one at the beach house, but still pretty small. Like it's not a walk-in that's got bifold doors. And so I have my necklaces hanging on the wall on little um, command adhesive hooks, just right there yeah. on the side of the closet. They're all my necklaces. Keeps them from getting tangled up. Yep. And, yep. yep. Well, thank you for that tip. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today's quote comes from Teresa. We can find whatever we want in any situation and whatever we choose to notice is fateful. All is present in every moment from love to fear, good to bad, beautiful to ugly, joy to sorrow. Whatever we focus on from the unbounded possibilities defines our experience. In this sense, reality is like poetry. It can be written in any manner conceivable and is open to infinite interpretations. This quote from Jacqueline Kelm serves the same purpose as the tattoo of the Tao or key symbol symbol I have on my wrist. The circle with black and white embracing each other and a spot of white in the black and a spot of black in the white. Both the symbol and the quote remind me that life is not either or. It's always a blend of joy and sorrow, light and shadow. So even when things seem very dark, there will always be a spot of light within it. And if you are enjoying a time of light, don't panic about the spots of darkness you find within the light. Life is always both intermingling. And that is beautiful. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. You know, I mean, what that really says to me is, you know, what you focus on is what is magnified. Mm -hmm. You know, we learned that in the classroom as teachers. You know, what you turn your attention to grows. So you turn your attention to someone over there being naughty you're going to get more naughtiness. Right. <laughs> That's right. true. Mm-hmm. But if you turn your attention to, you know, so like, oh, look, I love the way, you know, Sherry is, she's got her work done and she's reading. Thank you, Sherry. That is awesome. <laughs> then little Freddie over there is like, oh, maybe I should be more like Sherry. <laughs> okay. That worked in elementary school. It worked beautifully. Well, I see it too. <laughs> and she, she touched on it too. If things are going great, And, you know, there's always that little thing that happens, that hiccup in your day or whatever, but you start focusing on what's going wrong. Yeah. Pretty soon you stop seeing everything that's going right. It's true. So acknowledge the negative, focus on the positive. Yeah. And even when life is negative, you can still find a positive. Always. There's always something. That's, you know, gratitude. Having a gratitude journal, finding things you, you love about your day. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to join us in the Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to be a VIP podcast supporter for either $4.99 or $9.99 a month. And your support ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And you can leave a review so that helps us reach others. That's really, really important because... You know, if people are looking, there are a lot of podcasts out there these days. Having that five-star review helps other people say, yep, here's one I would like to listen to. And it's been a long time since we got a review. So like five people listening to this would leave a review, I'd really like it. Five-star review is what we would really like. (laughs) Five-star review. It helps. That's our Um, challenge. Five people, five stars. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you would like to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.